Aloha, and welcome to My Messy Little Life Podcast. This is episode four, Other Widows Don't Feel This Way. So there I was, standing in my garage with my late husband's car, losing all my shit. As I emptied the contents into a garbage bag, anger was oozing out of my pores. My jaw was sore from gritting my teeth. I was mumbling profanities under my breath as a fiery rage bubbled up inside me. I could hardly see straight. I was furious. I felt disgusted and disappointed, and I wanted to set all his things on fire. I was frustrated. How the hell could this even happen? I felt abandoned and helpless and out of control. How could he do this to me? I was betrayed. I wanted to throw myself down on the ground. I wanted to scream. I wanted to destroy everything around me. I needed to pull it together. I can't act like this. I shouldn't be thinking these things. This isn't even who I am. Other widows don't feel this way. After my husband died, there was so much business to tend to, it made my head spin. I dragged myself into the bank for a little assistance. I had some money that friends and family had generously donated to me. I felt lost and confused and stood in line trying to keep from breaking down. When I stepped up to the teller, I was trying to hold it all together and explain to her that I needed to make a deposit. I showed her the checks and told her, unnecessarily, that he had recently passed away. I didn't know her, and the situation didn't really require a backstory, but I said it anyway. She looked at me in total shock and asked me what happened. I was caught completely off guard. I hadn't prepared for this. Nobody had asked me that question. Everybody I knew already knew. It was still so raw, and I hadn't said it out loud to a stranger before. I tried to catch my breath and find my voice. I could only manage to squeeze out one shaky word, suicide. Her whole body shuddered and she scrunched up her face in disgust. Not the reaction I would have expected. No sympathy, no compassion, disgust. I felt ashamed, like I had told her my darkest secret. She made me feel like he had committed a crime. It felt dirty like something I shouldn't even talk about. I was embarrassed. I felt judged. Other widows don't feel this way. There was a while there, a long while actually, where I just kind of hated everyone. I would receive a text from a well-meaning friend asking how I was doing. I wouldn't even respond. What was I supposed to say? I'm fucking shattered, thanks. Nobody could possibly understand, and these poor people just couldn't win. I didn't want them to bother me, but felt annoyed that nobody was around. Where did everyone go? Why is nobody coming to help me anymore? How am I supposed to do this alone? And forget about social media. The last thing I wanted to see was happiness of any kind. But that didn't stop me. I spent hours numbing out to it. That's how I learned the art of scrolling. Nope, don't care, fuck you. Birthdays, anniversaries, vacations, 
all of it was awful. Everyone with their perfect lives and their fake smiles, I despised them. I was completely resentful, and I knew I was a terrible person, a horrible friend, a total bitch. Other widows don't feel this way. At some point, I was lucky enough to find my people, other moms who had lost their partners as well. We lived in different places, and our kids were different ages, but we had this one unfortunate commonality. Finding a support system was a game changer. It helped me see that I wasn't alone and that there were many other people out there who felt my pain. But if I'm being honest, I would find myself comparing our stories. I would fixate on how their husbands died. As you would imagine, there were a lot of heart attacks. There were a surprising number of brain tumors. There was a shitload of cancer. And believe it or not, I was envious. I wished I had a simple story. I would have given anything to be able to tell my sweet boy why his dad is gone. There was an accident. He was diagnosed with an illness. Someone else did this to him. I remember thinking if only my husband died in some heroic way, like running into a burning building to save babies. But no, he killed himself. He gave up and left us. What the fuck is wrong with me? Other widows don't feel this way. Even though I did the majority of the parenting, the gravity of being solely responsible for my son hit me hard after my husband passed away. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was holding the trauma in my body. There was hair all over my bathroom floor. My neck was so stiff I could barely turn my head. My stomach slowly started refusing to digest food. And I was scared of dying all the time. I mean, terrified. I would get lightheaded in Target and picture myself falling to the ground in the toy aisle. I would feel a muscle spasm in my chest and wait for my heart to suddenly stop beating. I would feel utterly exhausted and have myself convinced that my body was slowly shutting down. Every headache was a tumor. Every sore throat, COVID. Everything else was cancer. And God forbid someone describe symptoms to me. I would stay up late at night, Googling worst case scenarios, diagnosing myself and freaking out. Then I would worry that I was starting to lose my mind. I would imagine myself mentally unraveling, anxiety taking over my life. I knew this couldn't be normal. Other widows don't feel this way. Once, my son fell off his bike and got scraped up pretty badly. When I got him home and tried to clean him up, he was screaming and pushing me away. My heart was broken and my nerves were shot, and I just kept thinking, this is all your fault. When things get hard, the easiest way to react is to blame my husband. If I'm being honest, I did just about everything myself when he was alive. We had an agreement. He would go to work, and I would handle all the things. So he was not responsible for repairs around the house or disciplining our boy or picking up milk on his way home. But when I was scrambling through the medicine cabinet, realizing I was out of band-aids, I nearly lost my mind. Let me clarify by saying, not once was this man ever in charge of buying first aid supplies, but there I was completely pissed off at him because I didn't have what I needed. 
What kind of wife yells at her dead husband for things that are not even his fault? I knew I was an awful human being. Other widows don't feel this way. At some point along the way, I realized I didn't want to stay stuck forever. I wanted to move through my grief and not let it control me anymore. I wanted to stop feeling like a victim. After all, I'm not the one who died. I started to see a glimmer of hope. I might actually be able to be happy someday. And then there it was, the guilt. How could I move forward and live my life when my husband was gone? I felt so selfish. How could I laugh when someone I love has died? It seemed disrespectful. How could I feel calm or content or at peace ever again? I didn't want anyone to think I had forgotten him. I didn't want them to talk about me behind my back. They might think I'm too sad or not sad enough. They might think it's too soon to move on. I wasn't even sure who I was supposed to be now on my own. I couldn't remember who I was before. I couldn't imagine he would want me to feel this way. He would tell me to live my life. I felt a little bit hopeful, kind of curious even. Like maybe I can actually do this. Maybe I'll be okay. I was optimistic. I felt ready. But that's silly, right? Other widows don't feel this way. If you would have asked me before my husband died about grief, I would have guessed that it looked like buckets of tears, gallons of wine, a mountain of tissues for days on end until eventually you make your way back to your normal day-to-day life. But that isn't at all how grief showed up for me. I mean, I definitely had days like that. But there were other emotions that surfaced that were confusing and unexpected for me. I felt numb. I felt guilt. I felt panic. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Why didn't I just feel sad? The more I watched my son struggle and miss his dad, the more quote-unquote business I sorted through, and the more clues I uncovered about my husband after his death, the more angry and overwhelmed I became. But I questioned the way I felt. I judged myself and told myself I should feel differently. I became full of self-doubt and certainty. I beat myself up for feeling hate and resentment and jealousy. I told myself to just think positive and be grateful for all we have. And the more I tried to resist my emotions, the more they would bubble up to the surface in the form of panic attacks. In a way, I had no real experience with grief prior to this. When I was in my early 20s, my mother died. She was an alcoholic. I watched her drink heavily my whole life. She was never really present. She was narcissistic. She was manipulative and she was abusive. As I became a young adult, I decided I could no longer have a relationship with her. I think I had given up on the idea of having a mother a long time ago. So when she died, I felt, well, nothing. I remember feeling slightly guilty for not being devastated, but I just wasn't. I just made my status of motherless daughter more official. So when my husband died, I was caught off guard by the entire range of emotions that I felt. 
There are so many ways that grief can feel extremely isolating. I remember thinking, maybe because we were separated before he died, or because he died by suicide without a long history of mental illness, that nobody could possibly be in my same boat. There's no way that anybody else could know how I felt. It was hard and lonely. I felt like no matter how much my friends loved me, they really had no idea how to support me. I felt like the odd man out around couples and families. I felt like a dark cloud, all gloom and doom. It was hard for me to talk about anything else for a long time. I was just in shock and couldn't imagine ever feeling any sense of normalcy again. Not long after my husband died, a show called Dead to Me was released on Netflix. My best friend texted me the trailer with a note that said, Too soon? With a cringing emoji. If you've watched that show, you'll understand why. It was definitely too soon, but I'm a huge Christina Applegate fan and couldn't resist her character's brutal honesty and raw sarcasm. Every unfiltered thought she had came flying out of her mouth with absolutely no regard for the person she was speaking to. She would sit in her car with the windows rolled up, listening to speed metal, and she would ugly cry. Now this I could relate to. This was the widow I was. Fed up, spiteful, full of venom. But it's not socially acceptable for women to be angry. It's not feminine or pretty or expected to have big, ugly feelings and to be full of rage. So we shame ourselves and tell ourselves we're doing it wrong, that we're terrible people for having feelings. And this adds pain to our suffering. It makes us feel alone. When it turns out, there are so many of us out there, normal humans having perfectly understandable reactions to hard things, It wasn't until I hired a life coach that I really learned about emotions. I was given a feelings chart. The inner circle included the basic feelings like sad, happy, angry, surprised, and it branched off from there into an entire spectrum of emotions. I mean, who knew? As we started the work, I learned how terribly uncomfortable I've been all this time with feeling my feelings. I had no idea. I would busy myself. I would drink. I would scroll through my phone, all in an effort to hide. Because having feelings made me feel weak and vulnerable. And showing my feelings was even worse. After all, everyone has always told me all my life how strong I am so God forbid I prove them wrong. But what I learned was that if I actually allow a feeling to come without avoiding it or fighting it, it just passes through. It comes and it goes without killing me. It actually only lasts about a minute or two. And here I was thinking my entire life that if I gave in and let myself feel my scary feelings, that they would eat me up and swallow me whole. I'm not saying feeling my feelings just comes naturally for me now. I still want to run screaming from them every time. It's something that takes constant practice for me because it goes against everything I believe to be true. But I'm working on it. It wasn't until I could find other widows, other solo moms, other humans grieving over different losses, 
that I could get out of my own head and see that there are other people out there who are surviving hard things too. It made me feel so much more connected and so much less alone. It validated that whatever I might have been feeling was normal. Because as much as my therapist or my friends kept telling me I was fine, they weren't in my same shoes. I still tend to withdraw and hide when I'm feeling super overwhelmed and anxious, but that only makes me feel more isolated. When I'm able to be with someone I care about and listen and be supportive, it helps me feel less stuck in my grief and more able to be there for someone else. It sounds crazy, but I actually get a little bit excited when someone else has some drama going on. I'm like, ooh, tell me everything. I'm here for it. Because I get so tired of my own bullshit sometimes, I want to hear about something else for a change. For a long while, I really couldn't even be around anyone else. I couldn't fathom how their lives were just going on as normal when this tragic thing happened to me. It actually irritated me when people sat around talking about everyday life. When I started sharing my story and becoming more vocal about my experiences, it helped me to process my grief and not feel like I had to keep it all to myself. It's actually cathartic in a way. I wish more people would speak up and share their stories so that we can see that we're not alone. And when I receive comments and emails from people telling me how identical our stories are or thanking me for writing exactly how they feel, I'm like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. So we can all feel more connected, more the same, more seen. So we can feel less alone, less different, less crazy. So we can have more kindness and empathy for ourselves and for each other. So we can lift each other up and reach out to each other when we're down. So we can normalize grief. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow my blog and contact me at mymessylittlelife.com. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss a post. You can also make sure to follow My Messy Little Life podcast so you never miss an episode. If you like what you've heard, make sure to leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast. And until next time, take good care. Aloha.